Hey, well, welcome to Zion. It's great to be with you today. I'm really excited to introduce my friends to you today. Uh, many of you will have met Andrew and Rochelle uh, from Illuminate Church in the coast north of Auckland. Um, but today I've invited them to talk about uh, Temple and Table. And Andrew and Rochelle and I have been friends for maybe seven or eight years. We've journeyed life together. Um, we've been on, uh, on some time out with them. Kathy and I enjoy their friendship, the fun we have but also the time of prayer and it's really uh, sharing what God's saying. And that's what today's about. Today's a conversation with Andrew and Rochelle about temple and table because they've been on a journey longer than we have and uh, really carry that seed of, of what God is saying to the church that we certainly is, is some, feel is something for Zion. Uh, so we kind of got a little bit of an agenda, but we're just going to roll with, uh, we'll see what God says. Um, but Andrew awesome. and Rochelle... Um, you guys start out, we just really want to start with what's your vision, what's the perspective or motivation behind Temple and Table? Give us a bit of background. Thanks, Phil. I'll hand over to Rochelle. <laughs> that was quick. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose the journey started maybe two years ago when God spoke to me and he gave me Jeremiah 1.10. And it's the scripture that talks about tearing down, uprooting, plucking out, so that you could build and plant. And mm. so that's where it really started. Um, I think God was just highlighting to us, actually, the way we've been doing church um, was not really how we wanted it. And um, so we had to deconstruct mm. to construct, to plant and to build. And then he led me to a passage of scripture in Acts 2, which you probably know a lot about, um, which is familiar, which is around... Um, the, how the disciples and, and the, they gathered in their homes, they gathered around the, the table and the temple, it talks in there, and they gathered around the apostles' doctrine and they had fellowship together, they had the breaking of bread, communion, hanging out, eating, awesome. um, and prayed. So that's probably for us um, a bit of where it all started. Yeah. yeah. And I guess when Rochelle brought that scripture, you know, how us husbands sometimes are a little bit behind. Might no. just be me. No. <laughs> but uh, I thought, you know, actually, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that's a good word. I'm not totally sure. Um, but, you know, God's on the job and he's really good at his job. And um, Rochelle had brought that scripture and I was kind of thinking about it. And I was actually uh, coming back from a missions trip in India and had to speak at a conference in Melbourne on the way back. And um, it was one of the prophetic sessions, this guy from some little Victorian town that I'd never heard of. Uh, basically came up to me and downloaded the same scripture. Said, this is the word of the Lord. So I'm going, okay. <laughs> should I've have got listened it. to me. Fair. I should have listened, but I've got <laughs> it. Uh, but I was actually really pleased about that, that God, because it was such a radical shift, you know, a radical mm. move, that you really do want that affirmation of Holy Spirit. Mm. And, to, and to get that was, was just gold, you know. Mm. It was like, oh, phew, we're on the right journey. You know, the Holy Spirit's on this in this, around this, let's do it. So that was really good. And I think for me, um, I had probably had a holy dissatisfaction for the way we'd done church for some time. You know, we were, as a church, we'd grown quite fast when we started, which was great, but I, I even had a dissatisfaction about the growth and just felt this was numerical, but wasn't really actually achieving much other than just simply gathering. And I think, you know, I know you've been on lots of missions trips yourself when you go to other nations and see people get saved and then a month later they're leading a house church 
they're praying for people, they're teaching, they're, you know, raising the sick and hopefully raising the dead and seeing miracles. And you go, man, what, what are we missing out on? And I think for, that for us was part of the motivation. Mm-hmm. Let's, there's got to be a different way of doing this. Yeah. And the old, you know, definition of stupidity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I think we kind of got to that point. Yeah. So, so when Father downloaded this, it was like, great. Here's a, here's a fork in the road. Here's an opportunity mm. to do something different and let's grab it with both hands, notwithstanding there could be some downside to that as well. Yeah, I was just thinking of, you know, when Jesus turned up and said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, uh, the, the church leaders were kind of like, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, pull the temple down. And in three days, I'll, I'll build it again. And, mm. you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were like, what do you mean? It took our forefathers 40-some years to do this. Mm. And, uh, and we, knew, we know then that he was talking about a new church, a new emerging yeah. style of worship. Mm. And, and, you know, you, you refer to that in the book of Acts, which we see after the culmination of Jesus' ministry. He said, when the Father's time is right, you will receive the gift, which, which we see in Acts 2 being the Holy Spirit present in us permanently um Mm. so why don't we transition to that then you know because this is a new way jesus did Mm. shake the paradigms of the church and certainly acts 2 did that didn't you know they were Mm. they were Mm. changed forever and how we live Mm. what did you get out of that yeah i'll get i'll get rochelle to share on that but just as an intro to that um michael bradur um pastor who wrote a program called pastor's coach and destiny finder i love to comment that he put up last year it was a celebration around however many hundreds of years since the revolution uh reformation with martin luther (laughs) and i love the way michael said we had a reformation of our theology but we never reformed the meeting Mm. and so for us it was about let's reform the meeting there must be a different way Mm. of doing this and so um i think x2 you know the old saying there's nothing new under the sun you go back to scripture the blueprint and i think x2 really helped us come back to perhaps what God had intended. Mm. Want to carry on with that? Yeah, around the X2? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, I sort of felt like people, you know, they sit in church and they heard the word, but, you know, like in smaller groups and gatherings, you really get to discuss the word. And so that X2 was really talking about gathering around the apostles' doctrine. Mm. So we just really felt like people needed to really get in the word way deeper than maybe they had, you know, I think, think of how many sermons you've said and think of how many times you've had maybe gatherings, but you just haven't really unpacked the word. There's so much revelation in that. So we really wanted our people to, to be able to unpack the word, even if it's just sentence by sentence and just get and receive such revelation. And then iron sharpens iron as you're discussing, you know, um, as you gather together in small groups, which, you know, we're calling mm. the table. Mm. Um, you know, you get to hear from other people, you get to hear from one another, you get to pray together, you know, you get to Exciting. exercise mm. your gifts, you get to do so much more in that smaller gathering. And so there was just that power, even as sharing food and mm. and the depth of actually knowing somebody, you know, like greater than you would just walking into church and sitting on a Sunday. So hey, hey that's a scary a place. Scary place to go though, right? You know, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah, look, it does. I'm, it does I'm used to be. I'm hidden in a crowd, in the third row back on the left hand side because that's my seat, and 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 now you're asking me to come to a smaller environment. You're asking me to contribute, um, to share my life with others. 
I mean, that's a paradigm shift that's going to shake shake a lot of people out of their comfort zone, right? Absolutely. Sure is. Yeah. Sure but, is. but, you know, going back to that reforming the meeting, um, it's actually necessary. Um, I mean, I joke even, you know, as we joke as the pastors, we can't, we can't even remember half the messages we preached last year. So if we can't remember what we preached, how much of that actually went into you? Yeah. And so we have to reform the meeting because basically... If we don't reform the meeting, um, for all intents and purposes, I'm still the Roman Catholic priest doing all the talking and you're doing all the listening. And we know from studies on how people learn, mm. you know, there's more than one way. And so we have to create an environment where people can learn, um, which, you know, helps out in discussion. But yeah, look, it doesn't happen overnight. We knew that this would be a journey, a process, and uh, it wasn't going to, you know, go all guns blazing in week one, it would take a little bit of time. Mm. And so, but we're seeing people get more relaxed and more comfortable, mm. more open, uh, which is beautiful. And I really remember, I think radically the first group that I took in the discussion, there was a 17 year old and a 70 year old. And uh, they started talking about some scripture, but actually bringing their individual worldview to it. You know, the mm. eyes of a 17 year old and the eyes of a 70 year old. I kind of watched them talking. It was like watching a game of tennis, you know, between the two of them while they were just talking about their worldview. And it was done in a really respectful way where they were able to share what was important to them, their values, but they got an appreciation and an understanding of each other's mm. world. And uh, I remember looking at that going, mm. man, this is really healthy. I, you couldn't facilitate that necessarily mm. on a Sunday if they were just sitting there in separate rows, you know, watching the front. But mm. in this environment, it was safe enough for them to mm. disclose a bit about their lives. And it was just so great watching these two learn from each other. Um, yeah, I think what you, what you say, you know, is, is if we're going to reform the meeting, reformation is mm. reshaping. We're not at all saying, I well, know we're not saying that we don't want to meet. We're not saying no. that we, we can't worship, but mm. we are challenging the paradigm around how we come together for worship. Correct. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we're both caught at the, well, we call it the table in the temple. Um, it's not one or the other. Sorry, it's, it's you know, it's both. Not yeah. one or the other, it's both. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we're saying, hey, we're still going to gather corporately. We're mm. still going to have corporate worship. We're still going to do all that stuff, mm. uh, which is valuable. We're not going to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> but, but we can go further and deeper into this as mm. we um, deconstruct and do both. So, mm. yeah. And I think we started off in little bite-sized chunks, you know, so it wasn't overwhelming for everybody. You know, we just started gathering what we called in table groups on the first Sunday of the month. And um, so instead of gathering corporately, we just did that. And so it just once a month. And so we just did it slowly and gradually. And it's been a two-year journey mm. for us. So, you know, even after two years, there are some people that are still finding it hard to kind of maybe get their head around it. But I think probably COVID hasn't helped with that, you know, some people, with everything that's been going mm. on, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a journey, but it's a wonderful journey. Mm. Well, in some respects, COVID actually has helped that because <laughs> we've had to meet in small groups. And so... Yes. Uh, well, it's probably there's one yeah, bit of yeah. a sick or a, yeah. a, a bit fearful mm. of, you mm. know, yeah. COVID. Two yeah. sides to the coin. I think, you know, for us, we, 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 you and I had been chatting about this for a while, We'd been talking about it, eldership, and we we were forced into it because of you know COVID, red traffic lights, mm. and the decision we made at eldership was not to meet under red light. 
to avoid the need for passes of any kind. So, so we, we kind of had our hand forced, but I, I was confident that God had almost backed us into a corner, you know, mm. um, that he's like, okay, raise your staff, tell the people to get moving. We're going in this mm. direction and it's not what you imagined. And, and that, and, you know, we could, we could be guilty of sitting here going, well, the government's made us do this. And we're like, no, actually, that was, mm. that was on a like, side noise, you know, and it's mm. the reality uh, of, mm. yeah. of, of that circumstance. But God's far greater than what, that, what he's orchestrating because there is a need for reformation in how we worship him if we are mm. to become the, the temple of the living God that the Bible says we are, not the building, mm. we are to collectively together. Right. And we've got to reform how we do that. Um, and that's what you know, I know you've been doing yeah. a lot of talking and, and, and study on too. Yeah, I think one of our biggest motivators probably was around discipleship. Mm. It wasn't just reforming the meeting for meeting sake, but actually how do we actually disciple people? And I think people sitting there week in, week out, listening to whoever's speaking is great, but it wasn't actually really going to create lasting, deep, internal discipleship. Whereas, as Rochelle said, when you get together, you know, open the word, talk about it, bring your worldview, bring your perspective, um, we can see that discipleship is going deeper. And one of the things we did a few years ago was we put probably about 90 adults through a course called Destiny Finder. And it was about discovering really your destiny and where you kind of fit with the fivefold gifting. Um, what is your grace flow? And so that was great. We helped people discover some of their spiritual gifts but in hindsight we look back and go in a couple of places we appointed people into you know team leader roles in line with their gifts which is great mm. but for the vast majority of those people that went through the course we never gave them the opportunity to deploy their gift because there's no scope on a Sunday for everyone to deploy mm. their gift so we kind of got them halfway helped them discover their gift but we never gave them a fruitful place to deploy, which we're now seeing mm, in those groups nice. where people are utilizing their gift. They have the opportunity, um, which is fantastic. Mm, and we're seeing real good. fruit from that. I, I love the observation. Firstly, just to summarize, the first thing around Temple and Table was a reformation of how we meet and how we gather to worship. That's the first thing. The second thing is discipleship being the essential mm. role of the church leader. And, and in that, I love how you've explained it, Andrew, because you're not saying discipleship is about just helping people to grow through learning and knowledge. Mm. Discipleship mm. is understanding who you are and then applying that in a small group context to minister in that gift. So yes. you know, yeah. you're able to do that more effectively around the table in a smaller context because there's more opportunity. There's more room for you to flourish. Absolutely. But, you know, mm. one's going to sing and one's going to teach and one's going to bake and one's going to host and one's going to, mm. you know, like that's mm. that's a beautiful example of what discipleship is. Not just learning, right. but applying yeah. your gift for the sake mm. of others. Yeah, And again, you see that, you know, that model with Jesus. He taught the disciples and then sent mm. them out. They completely stuffed it up. They'd come back. He had mm. dust them off and teach them some more and then send them back out again. And it was, mm. it was you know, flying by your seat of your pants and learning. And mm, uh, we're yeah. seeing that in the table groups that people are stepping mm. out across the chicken line and having a go. Mm. Yeah. And look, they won't always get it right, but that's the beauty of the, the table. It's mm. a safe environment to um, utilize your gift and mm. to grow and to get it wrong and to get it right. Yes. So yeah, it's great. And I think too, that's, you know, that's the body of Christ. You know, we're seeing the hand, we're seeing the foot, we're seeing 
all the parts of the body coming together which maybe we haven't seen the fullness of that before. Oh, and I think even the good. times and the seasons that we're coming into, you know, God's looking for the unity of our faith. He's looking for the unity of the saints. And so I think it's really important and vital that, that we actually gather like this because we need to unify. We need to be that mm. body, every part playing its part. Mm. Whereas I don't think always sitting in a Sunday service week after week has made that happen yes mm. you might have had connect groups or worship team meetings or kids leaders mm. meetings or whatever but just the fruit and the depth that you can go to that we're seeing mm. is way beyond anything eh? absolutely like we've experienced mm. before yeah and again you know nothing's new under the sun but one of the benefits unforeseen benefits and again nothing new under the sun mm. and that is simply of pastoral care that people have been cared for and their table mm. groups, which is awesome. Yeah, Taking I was going to segue <laughs> segue to that. Um, ask you to, I'll prompt you to tell us the story about the lady who bought the fridge. Do you remember that story? You're looking blank. Yeah. Come on, don't don't leave me hanging. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the oh yes, the, the lady doing the um. Yeah. Oh the yes. Food. Oh yeah. Sorry. You leave me hanging for five minutes. <laughs> hey, we need more coffee. Hold on. <laughs> She didn't buy the fridge. Oh, <laughs> got given. She borrowed I, the fridge. All <laughs> oh, right, I just but, okay. This is why I don't tell the story because well, I embellish it. I need you to tell the story. It's your story. Maybe I need to tell the story. <laughs> uh, we've just got this lovely mum on her own at home with his family, the kids, and um, she just saw a need in the community with everything happening with mm. the uh, the virus and and people in need, people losing jobs. Financial needs. Financial yeah. needs, yeah. And so she just started asking people in the community to donate food um, and bring it to her house. And so then she asked for a friend, hey, I need a freezer, I need a fridge. So people just started pouring out um, upon what she was asking for. People donating food, fridges, mm. freezers. And so she started just this out of a, a desperation, I suppose, mm. or desire that she saw in her heart for the people around her struggling, losing jobs and just suffering and so she started making up these food parcels and sort of got it known in the community and um so people would come to her house people who didn't know jesus people that didn't know jesus and they would pick up a food parcel from her and her house is a really a, a peaceful place and people would walk into her home and they would just burst into tears and they would just be like overwhelmed I think with the peace that they discovered or why are you so calm or why yeah. are you not stressing yeah. out prompt questions yeah and she would just bring them in sit them on the sofa give them a cup of tea and just start talking to them and she's led a few people to the Lord she's now discipling them she said to me Rochelle how do I disciple these people have you got any material so we've given her some discipleship manuals and now she meets with these people one-on-one um, -on -one and disciples them and so this has come out of a season in mm. our lives with COVID with a need in our mm. community and um, but people just keep coming her, her house is like an open heaven mm. and you can see <laughs> amazing. she doesn't run a table group yet but you can no. see her house becoming an evangelistic table mm. group which will be awesome mm. yeah what I love about that story and Rochelle you can be confident that's the same version Andrew told me so it was, oh, good. it was good to get that. <laughs> out. 
except for the buying the fridge part, I must have mucked that up. But um, what I love about that is just someone activated in their gift and their grace and suddenly, you know, if you build it, they will come, so to speak. The doors open and, and people find Jesus as a result of her serving and her ministry gift and God's create. I believe, uh, prophetically, I'm saying God's creating a table at yes. which she will minister. Yeah. And it wasn't there previously, yeah. but it will be there because she's yeah. been obedient in the assignment God's giving her. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I say that and hope that people listening to this, wherever they are watching mm -hmm. this, that they'd go, you know what, I can do something. What is it that God wants me to do? And that would Absolutely. be form, form a place for discipleship, for people to gather and mm -hmm. come to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, an, another testimony, because that was one of the reasons I wanted to share with you guys, because you got some traction and, and stuff. There was, a story about a word of knowledge that Rochelle got. Um, do you remember that? Telling me that, Andrew, and you can guide Rochelle to tell the right story about the the young fellow that wasn't well. I think she's got it. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, is, oh, I'm, I'm out on a limb already. You guys leave me hanging again. Well, how about I start off with the word of knowledge part, and then you go to the rest of the part, hey? Okay. <laughs> so there was this family that we knew, and. Um, we didn't know them overly well, but um, they had three children and one of their children was sick, was in hospital. And a, a lady in our church who knows them as well, she sent me a message and just said, hey, this, this child is in hospital. And so I just was really, um, just felt such a drawing to pray for this mm -hmm. child, you yeah. know, like I just couldn't get it off my heart. So I was just crying out to the Lord and asking Lord, what is wrong? Because this child was just so sick. It mm. was horrendous. Doctors didn't know or anything. So as I was praying, the Lord gave me just this word of knowledge about a specific protein that was needed in the child's body. And so I sent a message through to the family. And I said, hey, you know, just been praying. I just wanted to give you this word of knowledge that I have. And I'll just leave it with you. But they actually went to the hospital and um, gave that uh, message to the staff and they actually tested to see what was going on. And that was one of the main issues of what was going on in, in their body. And so the, the actual miracle, I think, is that the hospital staff actually yeah. listened <laughs> yeah. and acted and tested and actually did something and then gave the treatment that was necessary. And so then I'll... Yeah, so the great thing was the boy was home within a couple of days, which was awesome. But, you know, out of that, we got to know the family a bit better. And uh, they came along and um, attended a few of our outdoor gatherings, which was awesome. Over summer, you know, we kind of gathered as a church outdoors and enjoyed the beach and the weather and things like that. And then they uh, decided that they would join up with the church. Now, they do have a church background. They are Christians, but they've probably had more of a conservative background, which is fine. But, you know, in, their, in our discussions with them, they said, listen, you know, we saw God move, uh, which is pretty exciting. We really haven't seen things quite like that before. And uh, we want to explore the supernatural. And this feels like a safe place where, yeah, God's moving. You're not totally crazy. Um, it feels safe. It's a good place. There's a great biblical foundation. And we really want to you know, explore that concept that, you know, taste and see that God is good. Mm. And so for them, they've learned a lot about God over many, many years, but probably never been in those places of encounter and 
and presence and so forth. And so it's been a great journey for them. Mm. And we're awesome. absolutely happy to have them on board mm. and looking forward to doing life with them going forward mm. because they're a wonderful family. And so, you know, God, God drew them in through a miraculous circumstance. And it's a new chapter for them, which is awesome. Mm. So, so how does bringing them into a table environment, do you think, help, help them on that journey? Yeah, well, I think, again, in that table environment, there's going to be opportunity um, for people to share, for them to actually see firsthand the reality, perhaps, um, you know, getting prayed for. You might be nervous about coming up front on a Sunday morning in front of a big crowd of people if you've never really been exposed to that form of Christianity before, but in the comfort of a small group where you're praying with a bunch of people and you've got to do some life with them and got to mm. know them and got to understand it's a safe place, I think you'll be way more receptive on your journey of encountering God, which is awesome. You know? yeah. And we're seeing that, you know, we had a, another example where Rochelle had been coaching a, a woman in the prophetic and uh, in one meeting, another table meeting, this woman stepped out, actually, you know, just felt the power of God on her, felt the panic, felt the, the heart pumping and knew that God had given her a word and she thought, actually, mm. I'm going to give it a go. So she... Uh, put on her big girl pants and <laughs> released this word. And it was a powerful word for two other people in the meeting that actually, you know, collapsed under the power of God and were, were ministered to by that whole group, which mm. was awesome. And so we're seeing absolutely wonderful fruitfulness. It's like mm. everything we're dreaming for, we're now seeing happening in the table. Mm. Uh, obviously we haven't got together corporately in terms of large numbers as we'd like to, but, you want to talk about what we think is going to be the benefit of when those tables actually do come back come together. together. Yeah. I just sort of feel safe for that temple, that um, that's the place where we're going to minister to the Lord. And so I think, you know, well, I mean, I'm hanging out, to, you know, have a, a hundred of us together again, you know, just coming into like a full um, atmosphere of worship. You mm. know, we've had smaller uh, groups gathering you know around that like we worshiped out in the field the other week which was awesome but you know I think when we come together and as the temple it's just going to be a place of um, you know when restrictions aren't there it's just going to be a place of great celebration mm. where we come and we're not coming to what we can get but we're coming to give mm. we're coming to minister to pour out our love and our worship on God and I I just feel like when that happens corporately mm that we will see heaven come down and be that house where he dwells and his presence lands. You know, it's like praise him, glorify him. And then the worship, we step into that place of worshiping and then his glory falls. So mm. it's changing people's perspective or mindset, I think a little of not coming for what I can get, but coming to give, to give to my God, to mm. worship my King. Mm. Yeah, so we actually think that the table was going to help turbocharge mm. the temple. And also, when you see those people coming back together, you know, there's that familiarity of being in the table and actually, you know. They know each other. Know each other, yeah. rather than those questions. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. Oh, that's yeah. great. Mm. And yeah. I think you know each other, not just personally, but like by having a chat or having a meal. I actually know you a bit more in the spirit. Mm. I actually know you. For the giftings and the graces and how God moves in you and and how um, I've been blessed and you know transformed in my life from having those gifts and graces flow through your life because I need what you have mm. and you need what I have and so there's kind of that richness of 
spirit to spirit, mm. heart to heart a bit more from that comes from the yeah. table. So it's totally worth it. So mm. do it, man. Yeah. So so what I heard you say, um, we could we could make a little Andrew Simkin meme out of that. The table is going to turbocharge <laughs> the temple. Um, I can just see you lighting up the social on that one. But the benefit of coming together at the table is in ministering in our gift and our grace one to each other. We build mm. depth of relationship. We, we know each other and, and we know that the Bible has a, a meaning behind that that is about a, a, an uncovering that, that, that brings intimacy in a, in a pure way. Um, mm. But with knowing each other, that when we come together in a corporate environment, we don't come because we want to get, mm. you know, value or I mm. hope it's a good time this morning for me. Uh, we've already dealt with that, good. you know, mm. at the table. And and I love what you've said there is that, you know, when we come together, it's, it's almost like prepared us, got rid mm. of all the need that we have mm. in order that we just focus on him. You know, we come with yeah, the throne of grace. The Lord is on the throne. We come to minister mm. to him because that's actually why we were created. And mm. uh, man, I haven't heard it explained that way. So I'm really excited uh, about mm. that. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Mm. We're excited for you guys on the journey. Yeah, so um, uh, being really honest then, uh, without being um, too, too honest, what would be some of the <laughs> challenges that you have experienced or you've observed, you know, because we've talked about our, our Zion journey, I've shared with you, and you've got mm. other friends, pastors, as I do, that are on a on a similar journey. Um, what, what are some of the challenges or obstacles you foresee? And in doing so and calling them out, we can help people, mm. pre maybe prevent people tripping over those obstacles. Well, I think as uh, Rochelle said, we've done it slowly. We introduced the table once a month always met at the same date so people knew when it was um, but we've kind of opened that funnel now and we're doing the table twice a month and that may even expand down the track who knows um, but I think yeah certainly reforming rewiring the way people's perspective of churches you know most people have church in a box and we've had to slowly you know release the walls of that box and extend the 10 pegs mm -hmm. and help them realize that church is so much bigger than it sounds a bit disrespectful but i call it meat and three veg which i mean for most people churches the two up songs the two down songs the notices the offering the message and the cup of tea and a nice box and that is church and i guess what we've tried to do is deconstruct that mm. so so it's a it's a shift for people's mindset their mm. mentality their pattern but once you get past that, um, it's great, but you, it won't happen overnight. But like the shampoo ad, it's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. And uh, we've seen that. So then you get into some more practical challenges, I guess, um, which, yeah. I think, you know, some of the things that I've seen, which I think is a combination of reforming is, um, and also the times that we're living in, is that there is a falling away. And there's a falling away of people that they, is such a mindset of how we have done church or they're not in season mm. in the season of God and he is doing a new thing and I don't say that like a cliche you know mm. behold I'm doing mm -hmm. a new thing we're actually in a new era God's church has been 
globally shaken and mm. things have shifted and things have changed and so we can't keep doing the same old same old you know um and so i think there's that that's what saddens me is seeing that falling away of people so it's like a warning actually i need my heart i need it to be opened i need my mind to be open i need to actually be willing to look at hey yes things are different so how can i adjust my thinking do i have some dare i say it some stinking thinking thinking that needs to be reformed shifted changed my mind needs to be renewed my heart needs to come into a line of jesus what are you doing right now it's not actually about me and my comfort it is a transition it's a it's a hard place in transition you know it's a place of being stuck but the beauty on the other side of that is that the thing that I've discovered is meeting in groups like this is so powerful. Mm. It transforms your life. Like mm. I can't even put it into words. You know, when you pray with people and who have the same heart, the same mind, you, you become one in heart, mm. one in mind, one in spirit. You become unified. It is the fruit out of it for my life if I want to be selfish right now and look at me the fruit for me <laughs> is like beyond what I've experienced and I think it calls me into my identity it calls me into my destiny it calls me into the purposes that God has for my life mm. so if you're back there and it's hard and it's a struggle and you think that you're falling away or you can't be bothered attending or you can't be bothered going you've actually got to say to the enemy flee get behind me satan you know give yourself a slap yeah just start to have some conversation mm. with somebody dialogue it through mm. let your heart and your mind be renewed because god is doing a new thing and you don't want to miss out yeah so once you get people through that kind of you know seismic shift of what a meeting looks like um you might have been alluding to you know what are some of the practical challenges and uh, one of those obviously is um how do you deal with um all your kids church programs on a Sunday what does that look like and so I guess we're still exploring that we have um, some groups where the kids are actually part of the group they stay in the worship uh, which is awesome they're worshiping in that table with with their parents uh, which is which is great I think kids should be a part of that and then they might go out and have a little program where one of the parents goes on a roster in that group and the kids are out for an hour in another lounge or rumpus room or outside in summer doing something and then they come back for the prayer component so they're actually integrated into the life of the table and of course they're still there when mm. there's food and all the rest of it and after that they go go and play which is great so we're, we've we've introduced that mm. which has been great and so you can facilitate kids and groups we do actually advertise some groups as you know mm. family friendly and then other groups, you know, for, for obvious reasons, aren't, you know, that way inclined because it might be a group of older people and they don't have the facilities and so forth. So mm -hmm. that's all good. So you you shape your groups according to the needs and the ability of those that are hosting the groups. Mm -hmm. And saying that, not all the hosts are leaders either. Some people are really good at, they've got a great house and they're wonderful mm -hmm. at hospitality, but they don't necessarily want to lead a group, but we can send a leader in to partner with them. And so, those are all sort of mm. the practical things that you work through um we do ask people to pre-register so we make sure there's not 40 at one group and four at another um so there, there is a little bit of science behind it to try and manage 
the meetings and who's doing what. So it looks pretty casual and relaxed on a Sunday, but there is a bit of infrastructure behind it. Yeah. As you know, everything lives and dies on organisation. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, I just had a really good question that was in the front of my mind that's now disappeared. Um, oh, are all the groups on a Sunday? In, your con in, your, in, in Illuminate Church, your table groups, do they all happen on a Sunday? Historically, they have, but we're looking to amend that now. We did a bit of a survey, and some people have expressed interest in a, a Friday night group. So we're about to amend. We've got one group that's led by an awesome uh, young couple, and uh, they're keen to do a Friday night group, which, which is great. So we're, look, to be honest, we don't mind if they meet on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just as long as they meet. It's not about a Sunday deal. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. might want to meet on a Saturday and so forth. So we're totally open to whenever those groups work. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Before we close, um, I've asked you guys to just give us some closing encouragement and um, prayer uh, just to maybe activate something in those that are watching. But before we do that, was there any other aspect of Temple and Table that you wanted to share um, just in conclusion? I think one other thing that um, Holy Spirit spoke to me about was we, we got sort of the blueprint of Acts 2, but then he so, said to me, go and have a look at Acts 1. Mm. And so in Acts 1, there was a lot to do with about the, the power of, I've spoken a little bit about of being in one heart, one mind. Mm. And um, so that's really, I think, a fruit that comes out of the group. But I think that that's um, something that we need to explore being in what does it mean to be one heart one mind what is the really the depth of fellowship that we can truly really have mm. and then in that passage of scripture I just encourage you to go and read x1 but it talks about how they had this desperate heart of prayer you mm. know they they gathered and they were obedient to what jesus had said to them to do to go and wait and pray in the upper room and gather together um, one heart, one mind, one accord. They were desperate in prayer. Mm. So I just sort of wonder, you know, have we been desperate in prayer like they were? Have we had that um, obedience of faith that's mm. just like, man, I'm just so obedient to what mm. the Lord's doing? And um, that Holy Spirit fire and power and passion that they had um, is something that we, I feel, can just explore further, grow in, and see in, in our table groups. So there's a lot of things in that first book of Acts mm, that yeah. really I think well, we're now starting mm. to launch into some teaching on and journeying in and understanding that so that we can truly have that vital church growth like they did in the book of Acts. Mm. Yeah, two other little bits of fruitfulness that we're working on at present. Uh, one is we're trying to give every we're trying to allow every group to create its own little mission. Obviously, as a church, we have a framework and we have our vision and mission and so forth, uh, which we you know, really want to see bleed through every area of church life. But we're also saying for those tables, groups, hey, how can you have a mission as a group? You know, is there some way that you can serve the community, serve the neighbours? Um, what could you do as a group? So tr trying to get them not just to gather for an inward focus, but have an outward perspective as well. And I think on that outward perspective, man, it is so much easier to invite a friend, mm -hmm. a neighbor, a family member, a work colleague over to your house on a Sunday and say, hey, we've got some friends coming over. 
we're going to talk about some spiritual stuff. You want to come and hang and have a meal. And I think people are way more receptive to that than mm. saying, hey, come to this meeting on a Sunday in this building, uh, which for most people these days in kind of this postmodern society we live in, going to church for some people is like going to the moon. Mm. It's just such a foreign experience for them. Mm. They haven't been raised, you know, perhaps in the old days you got sent to church mm. by your parents to Sunday school. Uh, you might have had Bible in schools and things like that. But for a lot of people these days, particularly say under 30, mm. they haven't had that experience. So they have no framework or perspective for what church might be like, other than what they see mm. portrayed in the media, which often isn't that flash. Um, but to invite them to your house and hang out and meet some people, you can do that. So we're seeing groups attract people, which is mm. good. The other thing that we hadn't really expected to see, but we're now seeing, mm. which is awesome, is a lot of ex-church going, oh, phew. This is what I've been waiting for. Mm. So frustrated with being in church for 10, 20, 30, 40 years that they vacated church, mm. but they're going, we love this. Mm. This is great. And so we're seeing mm. ex-church now come back into table groups, which is, which is fantastic. And so we've, we've got actually one group forming at present, really with a whole lot of ex-church people, mm. just hungry, for, still love God, just over church. Mm. But they still love God. And they still love the elements of the faith and so forth. And they still want to do community, but we're just not doing it like that, but we'll do it like this, which is awesome. So this great fruitfulness yeah. that we hadn't even expected. So yeah, that was just organic, wasn't yeah. it? It just came out of nowhere, which mm. is so cool. Yeah. Added bonus. So absolutely do it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys and your honesty. I uh, love you guys in the in the way that you just support us on the journey. There's layers to that that most of the people watching won't really fully appreciate, but I just wanted to publicly say how much I really value and appreciate you guys. Well, thank you. Um, Thanks, Phil. We, we honour you and love journeying with you mm, too. Mm. Wonderful. You and Kathy are awesome and your team. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Would you, would you um, close with a, a prayer of encouragement and set us mm. on fire before we, mm. before we finish? Amen. Absolutely. Father God, we, we just want to thank you for Zion people, Lord. Mm. We thank you for this incredible journey that they are on. And I just, I see a picture of chairs and I just feel like Holy Spirit saying, would you come and sit down? Mm. Would you come and sit down? It's like sitting down around the table. Would you come and almost just take a load off? Mm. And I feel like there's just going to be a, a relief for you yeah, when you come and you sit yeah, you do rest and you just sit down and take mm. a load off as you gather around the table that you will find what um, your heart has been yearning for, what you have been desiring, because there's going to be fruit at the table that you can eat and that you can feast on. That's actually truly oh, going to feed your spirit man and it's going to feed your heart. And so, Lord, I just pray for every person, Lord, at Zion people. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that as we've spoken, that some of the things that we've shared would just be burning in their hearts, Lord God, that they would be drawn, Holy Spirit, to just come and be with you, to grow in you, but to grow in relationship with one another as well at the mm. same time. So, Lord, I just bless yeah. uh, this wonderful household, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in and through them as a people, and that every person is important. Every person is needed. Every person has a voice. Every person has a place where they belong and where they can participate 
and they can be blessed and grow in the power of Jesus' mm. name. Yeah. Yeah, Father, I also just pray for, we're talking about a reformation of the meeting, but Lord, may we have a reformation of our spirits, of mm. our minds, of our hearts, and particularly for those also in leadership, Lord, because um, going down this path completely means a whole new set of metrics. You've got to change the way you measure stuff. And it's not about uh, you know numerical numbers, Lord. It's about spiritual growth and it's about discipleship and a whole bunch of intangibles that you may not actually see at the start or even be measurable, but you start to see those things rise to the surface. And man, they're so much better and healthier and holier than half the things that we used to try and value or say that looks like success but actually success looks like something completely different and it's so much more beautiful when you see someone growing and flourishing in their faith and actually not just having the theory of faith but actually putting their faith into action and seeing God work through them and it just lights them it sets them on fire and so we just declare that uh, freedom to think yes. and to act and to move differently um, over Zion. Mm. Well, almost that sense of, you know, come up the holy mountain. It's going to be a new experience. Mm. You know, yeah. um, even just think of, you know, when um, the transfiguration, when Jesus went up the mountain and, uh, and encountered with such, you know, biblical heroes of the faith and the disciples basically wanted to box them in. <laughs> they couldn't get their head around that moment when they saw Elijah and Moses and they said, oh, should we build some booths for you? Basically, should we, should we put these guys back in the box? But Lord, up the mountain, you want to remove the boxes. Mm. You want to remove the restriction and the framework and just mm. there's just a freedom and a liberty that comes when we gather like this. Mm. And so yeah. we just release freedom and liberty to do things differently mm. over the life of Zion. And we thank yes. you, Lord, it's yes. going to be fun. It's going mm. to be scary. Uh, just like us, you won't always get it right. Just like us, not everyone will go on the journey, but our heart as leaders is actually everyone does come on the journey because mm. we don't want anyone to miss out yes. in this season. Mm. Our heart is that we would advance together as mm. a family, as a church, as an army together on this journey to deeper into you. Yes. And we give you thanks and praise for that. Mm. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I appreciate, uh, appreciate that. And I just want to again say thanks and just may God pour back into you uh, fruitfulness and what you've sown into us today, the seeds, the hope, testimony, all those things be, um, be poured back into your world as far as Illuminate Church, your community, your ministry here and abroad. So God bless you guys. Thanks heaps. Thank you so much. It's been awesome to be with you guys today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Look forward to seeing you.